Two key questions we are going to answer on today's episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. First, discussing whether or not the win over Miami was Jack Plummer's best performance as the quarterback of the Cardinals. And after the, the wins over Virginia and Miami, we're going to talk about whether or not it's time to worry about the defense. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. It wouldn't be a midweek episode of the show if G Money wasn't on. Uh, State of Louisville football analyst Grant Mulligan back onto the show for his weekly appearance. What's going on, G? Feeling better, man. I'm not sick anymore. But most importantly, most importantly, it's hate week. And I'm bringing the L's up energy. I'm bringing the anti-UK energy, okay? It's L's up all week long. This Thanksgiving, I'm most thankful for the beatdown we're about to lay on Saturday. You heard it here first. Coming out already on a tangent. But... Grant made one crucial mistake. Well, it is hate week, and we're going to talk about that matchup. But we're also going to answer some questions regarding Jack Plummer, regarding the Cardinals' defense, and Isaac Garendo continually turning in solid performances. So let's go back to that Miami game, Um, Grant. um, This is a performance to where I thought after the game immediately that this was the best performance of the season from Jack Plummer. The statistics might not necessarily be eye-popping. They might not back it up. But due to the context, this team went down. They The defense really wasn't able to get many stops. It was on the offense to continually put up points. They went on the road and scored 38. Do you agree that this was his best performance as a Cardinal? I think you're absolutely right because it's not just about the stats that he put up. It's about watching the game in context, seeing what he did in context. Mm-hmm. And this was a game in which obviously we had to win. It ended up we didn't have to win because UNC ended up losing anyways. We would have been in the in the ACC championship no matter what. But the way the team was treating it and the way they should have treated it is that this was a must-win game. We wanted to keep the ACC title berth within our own hands. We didn't have to rely on help from others, and we did just that. And in a moment, in a hostile territory against a very talented defense, against a very talented team, that though they've been – marred by inconsistency throughout the year, and they've they've dropped some that they shouldn't have dropped. They, they're still a very talented team, and we're still on the road. And Jack, throughout the time that he's been a Louisville Cardinal, he's performed a lot better at home than on the road. And that was something that not only me, but a lot of fans were worried about, is seeing what happened when he went on the road this week mm-hmm. against probably the most purely talented defensive front that he's faced, especially on, on the road this year. So I think within the context, this is absolutely um, his best performance as a car because it was he was needed to make the plays. He didn't try to do too much. He had uh, one pretty ugly interception, but he didn't let it get into his head too much. Um, I thought he he made plays where they needed to be played. He there's still some some points where you question, but it, it, he is what he is at this point. We've only got a few games left of the season, depending on how things shake out after mm-hmm. the ACC championship. But 
this is absolute. This was a time in which we needed quarterback play to step up. Jawar Jordan again, not a hundred percent, didn't play a whole uh, bevy of snaps. You got uh, our number one receiver, Jamari Thrash, still dealing with injury. He's not a hundred percent. You got a myriad of guys uh, on our offense who who just aren't playing at a hundred percent or who aren't playing at all. And he really stepped up. He showed a lot of maturity. This is why we went out, got a got a graduate guy who who's been in these situations didn't panic even when he threw a, an interception that was kind of ugly but i i agree with you i would say that this was the best jack plumber performance we had of the season statistically i mean if you want to go straight to statistics obviously the boston college game probably would be the best one but there wasn't much pressure on the team at that point i mean it was a blowout almost from the very beginning um put the interception aside now granted you have to accept that he made a mistake but you're never really going to turn in a a performance story you have zero mistakes i felt like there weren't a ton of overthrown balls i think that there were some passes that were thrown behind receivers that caused guys to get a little bit off balance and trip or just drop passes now if it hits you in the hands you should be able to catch it but at the end of the day the passes um, had to be better in some respect but let's look at that second half there's one drive in particular end of the third quarter Miami had the lead. I believe it was at that time, uh, 28 to 23. Louisville got the ball back at the end of the third quarter on their own 11 yard line. The previous two drives, they didn't even record a single yard and had to go three and out and punt. I told myself at that point, we're going to learn a lot about Jack Plummer in the last 15 minutes of the game. Now, thankfully, he led an 11-play, 89-yard touchdown drive um, where he had some solid throws on the run, just you know, methodically and surgically dissecting the defense down the field. The 58-yard or however long that touchdown pass was to Kevin Coleman to where the, the obvious blown coverage and the catch and run, it is what it is. That 11-play, 89-yard drive, in my opinion, won this game for the Louisville Cardinals, and a lot of it was due to the composure a plumber. This isn't a, uh, I wouldn't say a very threatening atmosphere. Um, the stadium was half full, if that, but still you went on the road with all the pressure on, with all the eyes on you, and you led one of the more impressive drives of not only the game, but the season in general. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I would want to highlight about <clears throat> Plumber's performance in this game was that he was willing to go to a lot of different targets. He wasn't just going. One of the things that I think that costs him a lot of the time in these games is he gets hyper-locked onto Jamari Thrash. And I, I understand he's your number one receiver for a reason. He's super talented. He can create yards after the catch. But there's also a lot of mistakes that he made trying to be hyper-locked. But this game, he was going to Joey Gatewood. He was going to Nate Kariski, who had a great game, by the way. Deserved that shout-out. He had a, a fantastic game. But Jack... That, that that's one of the things that impressed me the most is that he he was able to finally get over that hyperlock on on Jamari Thrash and dish it to a myriad of different guys and get a, a bunch of different offensive pieces involved, uh, especially whenever we needed to kind of get out of a, a sluggish situation. So that's to me that's what impressed me the most is that he didn't fall victim to old habits. It shows a willingness to grow in that regard. Uh, got a lot of different guys involved kept it a team effort and i was very impressed by that facet of his game it's interesting that you mentioned spreading the ball around jamari thrash dealing with the health issues he had one catch on the afternoon 
and it went for seven yards. Wasn't really much of an impact. He completed a pass, Jack Plummer, that is, to 12 different receivers on Saturday afternoon. One of those being Trevante Sylvester in the end zone. I love it. I love big it. man touchdown. I but big the man way touchdown. he was able to spread the ball around. And I wonder what this does in terms of confidence to start seeking out tight end play as well. Joey Gatewood showed his reliability. Josh Livson, another guy that had a solid performance. Nate Kariski, best performance of the season from him. That's and arguably was, the best tight end performance of the season was Nate Kariski. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Five for 50 and a touchdown, and he also was very, very solid. You know, Nasty stiff arm. Big boy stiff arm, too. <laughs> Kevin Coleman did what he did. Shout out to him. Chris Bell made some big-time catches. So I think that I won't necessarily – I won't here, – here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to call an injury a blessing in disguise. I won't do that. You can't really – you can't um, you know, justify that. But I will say that forcing Louisville to spread the ball out more and to take the reliability off Jamari Thrash was a blessing in disguise. So you want to have to look at it a little bit of a different way. So the offense put up 38 points, really, really solid on the road against, on paper, a very talented defense and a very, very good defensive front seven. I don't think a lot of people thought that the Cardinals' defense would be as iffy as it was on Saturday. They gave up 31 points, almost 500 yards. It's the second straight week where they have given up over 400 yards of total offense. The question is now to be answered, is it time to worry about the Cardinals' defense heading into the end of the year? Now, we're going to talk about that um, after we tell you about why you don't need to worry when you play daily fantasy sports if you use prize picks it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america and the easiest and most exciting way to play it for me the main thing are the combination projections you can essentially go to prize picks pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections so when you go with the combo between football and basketball one that you could use will be lebron james and travis kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made and total receptions. That's absolutely huge. And something else that they do that no other service utilizes is the reboot policy. So if there's a player in your deal that gets injured in the first half, they don't return for the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only service that utilizes that policy. PrizePix.com slash LockedOnCollege is where you need to go using the code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix.com slash LockedOnCollege while using the code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Don't miss out on the opportunities in front of you. One thing I like to do when Grant Mulligan makes his weekly appearance on the show, I like to get more analytical. I like to go um, deeper than surface level, especially when discussing um, – uh, side of the ball in its entirety. And we've had a lot of conversations about the offense and the talk of the defense is that it's exceeding expectations and doing well. But the past two weeks, probably a little bit forgetful. Um, Virginia only put up 24 points, but they moved the ball really well on the Cardinals, had almost 430 yards of total offense. Miami absolutely opened uh, all opportunity with uh, almost 500 yards of total offense, 31 points. Um, Grant, is it time to – am I being a little bit overcautious here talking about the defense, or is it time to legitimately have some worry? I think that there's when, – when you look 
at what has happened and how we're getting beat, I think there's a very easy problem to point to, and that's been cornerback depth. Because this past game, we and, and throughout the past few games, we've been dealing without Jarvis Brownlee, who is one of, if not the top corner that we have on the team right now. And without him, and especially last game, we were without Trey Franklin, too. We were down two of our, our biggest rotational pieces. Uh, and Storm Duck has not been as as consistent as we would have hoped having him coming from a from an all-ACC guy. Um, hopefully he can find his footing within this defense down the stretch uh, should he be thrust into a, a bigger position. But you look at teams, you look at how the games are going, and, and we are not seeing guys target Quincy Riley at all. Like he's getting no work, but they're going straight to that void that's left by Jarvis Brownlee, and you don't have your your top backup to him in in Trey Franklin last game. You look at the stat sheet, and the way that we're getting beat is that their top receiver is feasting, or or one receiver is feasting because they're attacking the matchup that isn't being held down by Quincy Riley. It's injuries to our secondary. It seems like the secondary might not be as deep as we had. Well, at least the cornerbacks room isn't as deep as we thought or as we had hoped coming into the room. You know, you still got a lot of young guys in that room. I will say uh, two of the transfers you got very high, high impact, highly rated young players. They were true freshmen last year. They'll be, um, you know, redshirt sophomores this, this next season. But, you know, in terms of experience, cornerback's one of the hardest positions to play in in football, if not the hardest position to play in football. Yeah. And when you're down your your top corner and and a guy like Trey Franklin, who is really come up big in some spots and is looked on as one of the top backups, there you're going to give a position for the offensive coordinator to find matchups to attack for quarterbacks to find matchups to attack. And that's really, in my opinion, what it's come down to is that we've gotten thin in the secondary. The loss of Jarvis Brownlee has hurt a lot more than we thought it would. Um, They're getting favorable matchups in the passing game. And we aren't, I mean, recently we haven't been being able to to connect with sacks as well because the passing lanes have just been open more so. The quarterbacks have been able to get the ball out quicker. We haven't been able to turn coverage into sacks. And we, like we had talked about previously in other episodes, sometimes the defensive line, however deep it may be, it, it takes them some time to get back there, especially if Gelati's seeing a lot of attention. So getting Jarvis Brownlee back, and they're saying that Jarvis Brownlee could come back this week, uh, getting him back, and hopefully if we can, we can get some extra juice from the rest of the defensive line throughout the remainder of the season, I think that's going to help cure the woes. I'm not ready to say that, we're overrated defensively. Yeah, I, don't think, I think it's pretty clear where our problems lie here. Yeah, I feel like, and you can give me your take on this, defensively speaking, obviously. I feel like teams are trying to attack Louisville in one of two ways. Number one, getting the ball out quick and letting their receivers make a play. Or number two, just throwing that damn thing. I mean, it, I mean I'm pretty sure Tyler Van Dyke took a snap and said, I got those picks in a quarter mile. I mean, you know what I'm I saying? Know. Like Xavier Restrepo was a guy downfield all afternoon who he, he was tough to um, to guard. I feel like teams are testing. Now, Louisville has been very much improved this year in terms of tackling technique, but there's also situations, and this is also in the run game as well, where we're starting to see more missed tackles and a little bit more blown coverage in the back end, maybe at the safety position. 
briefly talk about what you're seeing in that regard. Another thing, in terms of missed tackles, I mean, Jarvis Bramley, you can look at that again. He was one of our our best tacklers in in the defensive secondary corner or safety. Losing a guy like that, Trey Franklin, he's he's pretty solid in run support. Losing both those guys uh, was big in that regard. But I think you're right. I think we've gotten a little lax in in tackling here. We've had some run-after-catch opportunities allowed that weren't there before. But another thing is I thought one of the things we would be able to take advantage of uh, against Tyler Van Dyke is he was a guy who was really prone to turning it over, and we didn't get a turnover all game. I mean, or, or we didn't get an interception all game. I mean, it, we're, we're this opportunistic defense and this this highly heralded defense, but we have to take advantage of matchups like that. Those are times we have to take advantage, and we just weren't really in position to to take advantage. I, and I think it was they offensively, they did a lot to try to improve Tyler Van Dyke's abilities by getting the ball quickly, not putting the ball in harm's way, not asking him to take as many shots. But they went a run after catch route because clearly it was an exploitable, uh, exploitable area. I mean, we saw some missed tackle even from a guy who's been really, really reliable in that regard in Cam Kelly. So with him, I'm not so worried because he's really been consistent about that throughout the year. So I'm not overly concerned about it. But getting Brownlee back is going to be huge in that regard because it fixes almost everything of what we talked about. But the problem therein lies is if we lose him again for an extended stretch, we're going to find ourselves in the same problem. This is very true. Kind of looking ahead to the matchup against Kentucky, uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time, Senior Day Governor's Cup for the Cardinals at LNN Stadium. This isn't a uh, this isn't a great offense. I mean, you could say. In fact, Louisville, I mean, Louisville, Kentucky hasn't scored over 30 points since the Florida game back in um, what late September, early October, one of the two. But they have the pieces. Barry on Brown, Dane Key, very electric receivers, Ray Davis, solid running back. Say what you will about Devin Leary. You know Mark Stoops gets his guys ready for this game. How do you want to see Louisville come out schematically to try to defend uh, this Kentucky offense and trying to limit the big play for the Wildcats? One thing is is we have to identify the fact that, that Barry Brown is going to be a run-after-catch threat. I mean, it, Stoops has watched the film over the last two weeks and seen that there's run-after-catch opportunities, and we have to be ready for their their biggest run-after-the-catch threat. I feel comfortable in the coaching staff is going to identify where, where their weakness has been and know that Kentucky has a guy who can exploit that. Uh, Deng Key, he's, an, he's another talented guy, looking a little frustrated with his usage. I would be, too, a guy of that caliber, not getting the looks that he should be. So I wonder... I wonder if they're going to be able to get motivated. I mean, you saw the the player tweets and the family's tweets after last game, after they lost one to South Carolina. As, as good as he has been getting these guys to lock in for the Louisville game, I'm starting to wonder, I mean, are they going to be, I mean, after, after what happened with South Carolina, are they going to be able to repeat that same effect? We will definitely see. Look, I, I think you have to – toss out everything you think you know about teams ahead of a rivalry game because there's so much of the mental aspect. Thankfully, we have the coach in place now that actually views this game in a different light, and that's so refreshing. But um, I feel a lot better about this game now than I did at any point in the past four years. You're not kidding. Um, You're not kidding. But 
regardless. Before we do start previewing that on the upcoming episodes, I, I do want to talk about Isaac Garendo. Another very reliable performance from the grad transfer from Wisconsin. We're going to talk about what he was able to do and how it impacted this game in favor of the Cardinals here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to your profile, add the job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to spread the word. You get simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the skill sets that you're looking for because adding the right team member is a critical process to having a positive and measurable impact on your business. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Global Podcast with Grant Mulligan, State of Louisville, or yeah, State of Louisville Football Analyst. Grant, another great performance from Isaac Garendo uh, to build off of his string of really solid performances. He led the Cardinals 15 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown, had a catch for 11 yards, but averaged six yards per carry. Jawar Jordan, as you mentioned, once again, not fully healthy. Is this a point to where... Do we expect Garendo to be the guy for the remainder of the year? I have a point on this one. I have a thought on this one. And it is I'm glad this is who Isaac. I'm glad you think for yourself. Congratulations, man. Okay. Great. Anyway, everybody. I was thinking, I'm watching this. I'm like, if Garendo is this good, and if he was this good the whole time, I feel like we should have shut down Jawar Jordan for like a week or two to let him actually get healthier and I think maybe his injury wouldn't have lingered on this long and hopefully at this point we can get him a full slate of carries again and I like I'm not in the room I'm not in the building I don't know what's going on in there but I he's been great I mean he is he's truly been a revelation in the backfield a legitimate number two back to to Jawar Jordan we'd be in good shape if he was our number one if he's playing like this I mean he he was a great great get in the portal he's been great for us I wish him great success beyond us, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of like I'm watching them now and I'm kind of wishing what if we would just roll with Garendo and, and Maurice Turner for just a couple weeks and let Jaws heal up just a little bit. And we maybe yeah. we can get at this point, we can get them more full slate of carries. I don't know. I, that's just, that's my thought. It's that's tricky. Thought. You know, it's tricky, it's tricky because number one, I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I understand maybe the advantage of scouting, you know, having to prepare for a guy like Jawar Jordan. But I mean, I'm there as well. If if looking back on it, if resting Jordan for the Duke game and beyond, a couple games would have given you an opportunity to have him fully healthy for this next stretch. I mean, it would have been would have been great to have, but like it, it's hard to have the these conversations. Why, we're not in the we're building. And that, so that's wanna... the thing is, so this isn't a slide of the coaching staff. This is just no. a hypothetical, as Grant that's... is suggesting. But I would, I would definitely agree here. Um, foil hat on for that one. Just I'm yeah, I mean, it's just a, for sake of conversation. Not, I mean, he's performing really well these past couple. Very of happy games. for him, man. Well, I, look, I don't know this for certain, 
but he's played five seasons. 2020, obviously, was the COVID year. 2019, he had one carry for one yard. I still think he has a year of eligibility left. Does he still have a year of eligibility? I think so. I've been told I've been told both. I think he does because you look at the game log from 2019 and he only appeared in what looks to be one game and that was the Rose Bowl against Oregon. He had one carry for one yard. Does Justin Herbert went off that game? Shout out Jay Herbo, man. Not a, not a shout out to Brandon Staley, but shout out to Jay Herbo, man. But uh, I have to get in the Chargers thing. Yeah. Again, final but. final question for you. This might just be a hypothetical, and it might be moot if he doesn't. But how big would it be if he did have an additional year of eligibility? Because it's probably all but certain that Jawar Jordan's going to the next level. I would Isaac Garendo RB one next year. I would love to see it because. One of the advantages, and obviously you don't want a guy of this talent to not have the opportunities, but because he hasn't had the opportunities up until this point, he doesn't have as much tread on the tires. So before, you're thinking about a six-year back, like maybe he's starting to – it's crazy that we're talking about this. Like We're talking about college kids losing gas in the tank. But the more beating you go through to that point, it's just harder on the human body. But he's a guy who, though he's an older player, doesn't have that same tread on the tire. So right. I would be happy to get him back, especially with what he's shown recently. Even if we bring in another guy through the portal and he's back in his like one B back role, I think that would be a huge get. And and I'd be I would happily take him back. I would happily take him back. I agree there, and I mean obviously it, it would be NFL or nothing because I, I doubt that he'd be able to transfer again. But still, a sake for hypothetical speaking. Um, but everything. It was just good vibes this past weekend. It was good vibes. We win if Grant Mulligan's on the show prior. And that's what I've seen all season. And you Every can't season. prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. Oh, so if – You know what that means. I'm here. Kentucky. <laughs> I hope I, I hope to goodness that we win. So people don't come on here like, look at this guy to the right just talking dumb trash. It's rivalry week. What do you want me to say? If y'all don't want they talk trash just the same. It's what it it's what it is. It's bulletin board material, man. That's what we we think of now. We saw what Dion Walker had to say. Yeah, I didn't say anything about their players. I didn't say anything about about their fans. I just said we're gonna win. We talk in silence, but you you best believe that there's some bulletin board material being circulated amongst that locker room. And um we'll be ready. I'm hyped up, Grant's hyped up, y'all are hyped up. Let's start to preview this matchup. To do Let's so, you have up. to tune into the next episode. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday show. We'll see you right back here. Happy Thanksgiving, Cardination. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Dude, Governor's Cup, Thanksgiving, Elite Weekend. Elite it's a great time. week. Everyone have a great day. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great game day. Most importantly, go cards, man. Go cards. Go cards. Go cards. Go cards. Go cards.